I'm Dina Kimball, and you're listening to Stories from the Candida Fund. In the early 1990s, Diana Blank, my mom, began a remarkable and unconventional philanthropic journey. Blessed with wealth she never envisioned having, she set out to try and help build a more just and equitable world. Diana has always been inspired by a combination of people and planet. How do we honor the very best in ourselves, in our communities, and beyond? She invested in transformative leaders and ideas. She experimented, followed her heart, and she took chances. And she did it all in her own unique way. Now, three decades and more than $1 billion of grant making later, my mom has completed that journey. These are some of the stories of what happened along the way. My name is Diane Ives, and I'm the fund advisor for the People, Place, and Planet program at the Candida Fund. In 2007, we first met the folks working at the International Living Future Institute, whose goal was to actually create buildings that are more good and not just less bad. And their vision was something that sparked our interest. It certainly sparked Diana's interest right from the very beginning. So the International Living Future Institute partnered with the Bullet Foundation because the foundation was interested in doing something that no one had ever done before, which was building the greenness building possible. It was called the Bullet Center, and it was in Seattle. We were very excited about the opportunity to watch and learn as they worked their way through this process. And in 2013, when the building was finished, we decided that we wanted to tour the building and see what it really looked like and how it really functioned. When you first step inside, it is not a posh or opulent building in any way. It has a very um, Pacific Northwest feel to it. There's a lot of wood and it feels very, like it's from the forest kind of a feel. What they want you to feel when you walk in that building is that you're standing inside of a tree or a forest. The Pacific Northwest is filled with native evergreen forest. Giant Douglas firs tower over the landscape. For hundreds of years, these trees have peacefully grown in harmony with their surroundings. They live off sun and rainwater, and instead of polluting the land they stand on, they contribute to it, adding fresh oxygen to the air. Here's why that office building in Seattle was so special. It was modeled after those trees. Just like a Douglas fir, the Bullet Center generates all of the energy it needs to sustain itself using the environment around it. It harnesses the sun's power through the solar panels on its roof. It captures and treats rainwater. Every part of its design is geared towards energy efficiency, even the stairs. One of the primary features of the building is this irresistible staircase, which the idea is that you use the stairs to get up and down the building if you, if you don't have accessibility problems. The reason why it's an irresistible staircase is because most buildings of more than two stories you can't find the stairs. If there's always an elevator, maybe there's an escalator, and that is what is most prominent. And so to walk into a building that is like six stories that actually has a staircase front and center for 
all six floors, not just to get you to the mezzanine level, right? It's pretty amazing. And the staircase has windows on three sides. So as you keep going up, you get more and more better views of the city of Seattle. And so it's pretty remarkable that way. These design elements, among others, led the Bullet Center to be the first office building in the world to complete the Living Building Challenge. A living building is a building that connects you to the light, the air, the food, nature, the community. It is self-sufficient. It does more good than harm in the space that it is in, and it allows the natural world to remain intact. And at the end of the tour, we descended this irresistible staircase and we came outside to this beautiful day in Seattle. And it was, there was like this kind of like this push of like, I don't know, power or energy or something as we stepped out of the building. And Diana just looked at me and she said, we need one of these in Atlanta. I'm Dennis Creech, a sustainability fund advisor for the Candida Fund. And I'm here to tell you about the biggest philanthropic investment Candida has ever made. This is the story behind the Candida Building for Innovative Sustainable Design. Building a structure that meets all the requirements of the Living Building Challenge is, well, a challenge. The certification process was created by Jason McLennan. He's an architect who started the International Living Future Institute, an organization that Candida had partnered with in the past. What is typical for green buildings is to use a system that's called LEAD, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And what Jason was proposing was this idea that you look holistically at the entire design of the building and the property that it's on, and that you think about all of those things working together in harmony to have as little impact as possible. And that you would only know if you had achieved that goal of kind of regeneration, like a year after the building has been in operation. So you go back and you actually measure to see if what you have done has worked. This is like a radical new way of thinking about buildings. The International Living Future Institute evaluates buildings across seven principles or petals. Place, water, energy, materials, beauty, equity, and health and happiness. If the building fulfills the requirements of all seven principles, after being in operation for over a year, it gets certified as a living building. But constructing a building like the Bullet Center in the South, it had never been done before. It wasn't clear if it could be done. Atlanta has one of the most challenging climates for building design cold winters, hot summers, and humidity year-round. We knew it would be hard, very hard, to design a building that could generate enough of its own energy to regulate itself in those conditions. But we also knew that if we could do it, it would be a huge step forward in the world of sustainability. We wanted to prove it was possible to build a living building in Atlanta, because that meant you could build a living building anywhere. I thought about it and I thought, it's going to be very hard and it's going to happen and we're going to figure it out. The crazy part about it was that we don't need a building. We did not need a building then and we don't need a building now. And so the idea was 
as much of a stretch about finding the right partner as it was about being able to get the living building certification. There was probably six months or so where this was a solution in search of a problem. That's Barry Berlin, the Candida Fund's financial advisor. He was the first person Diana called after touring the Bullet Center, and he helped Candida find the right partner for the building. I began nosing around, having some preliminary conversations with two or three nonprofits in town to see if they might be interested in a long-term engagement on a project that would result in a new home for them and in a living building. Along the way, I thought uh, we have a architect friend who had helped Candida with a, a project many years ago, building a, uh, a very green, affordable home, still stands in Atlanta. This architect also teaches at Georgia Tech. And I thought, well, he would understand the language. He, he would help us as a translator of sorts as we deal with, with different constituencies and trying to get uh, a project off the ground. His name's Michael Gamble, and he was very willing to do this and remembered fondly his relationship with Diana and the team. In one of our team meetings, he said, you know, I, I'm, I know it's self-serving and I'm reluctant to even bring this up, but Georgia Tech might be a good home for a living building. Georgia Tech was already looking for ways to create a more sustainable campus, and they were fully committed to meeting the design elements of a living building. Plus, Tech is an internationally renowned research institution with a big megaphone. They could tell the world about their living building, and to us, that was just as critical. But maybe most importantly, Georgia Tech was willing to be a true collaborator on this process. Designing it was a team effort. Howard Wertheimer was our point person at the time at Georgia Tech, and he believed very strongly that the process needed to model the product and that this was not something where you get some showboat architect to come in with one idea and say and kind of like force everybody to figure out how to build this one design. But it really did have to be a process where everybody came together and hashed things out and came to agreement on things. So after jumping through some hoops and signing some paperwork, Candida and Georgia Tech began the process of turning the idea of a Southern living building into a reality. Man, that process was a long one. Remember, this type of building had never been constructed, and we couldn't just copy-paste the Bullet Center's design on the Georgia Tech campus. Doug Furs, after all, aren't native to Atlanta. There is a myth that you can build the same warehouse in the Pacific Northwest as you can build in Atlanta, but the, the reality is that there are very different needs around the, the two geographies. And you can't build the same thing everywhere. Having said that, that's what we do. And then we build buildings and then they don't last because they aren't designed for the place that they're in. The Candida Buildings architects designed something specifically for Atlanta. Take our summers, for example. Atlanta gets hot and humid. Most buildings in the city solve that problem by installing central air. But that's not the most energy efficient solution. So our architects went back in time. 
They looked at what buildings in Atlanta looked like before air conditioning became the norm. And they realized that most homes had front porches. The porch provided shade in the hot summer months and it fostered community. A homeowner could sit out on their porch and talk to the folks walking up and down the street. So our architects designed the Candida building to have its own version of a front porch. It had a dual function, cutting back on the amount of energy needed for central cooling and serving as a community space. That design solution addressed multiple aspects of the living building requirements, energy and health and happiness. Nearly every part of the building design is like that. The solar canopies catch sunlight and catch rainwater. The building was made with non-toxic materials that were also, in many cases, repurposed from other structures. We have our own version of an irresistible staircase. Even the building's windows do more than just let light and ventilation in. They were designed with the environment around the building in mind. Diana contacted Georgia Tech and said, there's going to be a lot of glass in this building. There, you know, the, the walls are all glass when you kind of walk in. And shouldn't we be worried about birds accidentally flying into the windows, which we don't want to happen, right? And they were able to find a company that actually embedded kind of bird-proof designs into the windows, which probably you and I cannot see, but the birds can see it and they know to avoid it. It's like the famous naturalist John Muir once said, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. The Candida building exemplifies that ethos. Every part of it is connected to a larger whole. And in 2019, it was finally finished and opened its doors to the world. It was beautiful, but after it opened, we had to collect data for over a year to ensure that it performed as well as it looked. It was a little bit nail-biting up until the, the very last. In March of 2021, we achieved our ultimate goal. The Candida building was officially certified as a living building. The first and only of its kind in the American South. It was amazing to step into it. And it almost felt like I hadn't stepped inside a building. It felt like I was still outside. It was a, you know, it was a beautiful day. It was sunny out. The um, windows were open. The door windows were open because they could be. So there was fresh air flowing through the building. Um, and it just had this feel to it that was light and airy and that the, the outside had found a way inside. It is a truly striking building. It feels like part of the landscape. It's natural and warm. It's just good design. It is how all design should be. And now, less than a decade after Diane and Diana set foot inside that office building in Seattle, students and visitors at Georgia Tech get to experience the thrill of a living building for themselves. Hello, welcome to the Candida Building for Innovative Sustainable Design on the campus of the Georgia Institute of Technology in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Sean Aurora and I'm the director of the building. 
or as I like to say, one of the humble servants of the building. Let's go inside. Sean Aurora has been working in the Candida building since it opened. Most days you can find him walking through the building, showing people how the building works. I have been amazed at how many people want to tour this building. And it's like the full breadth of individuals from elementary school teachers, middle school, high school, college professors from other universities, architects, builders, prospective owners of buildings. The building also has virtual tours for people from all over the world who can't make it to Georgia. So we've walked into the atrium space now. The first thing people generally notice is, besides how quiet it is, is the amount of natural daylight that is coming into the building and all the wood. Our ceilings are made of wood where folks would normally see beams of concrete, you see beams of wood. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna open this wall. We have three sliding doors. We have three areas on the west side that it opens up completely. And we step onto what we call the front porch. It is a rather large, now that I think about it, space that is used for programming. It is underneath our solar canopy. The solar canopy begins on the roof of the building and extends westward towards the setting sun. That's by design. And it creates this front porch. I feel like the, the porch area that looks out on the commons, the eco-commons, is just an exquisite space where you don't know if you're inside or outside. And, you know, when I think about when I was in school, there was a very clear sense of when you were inside the building. It had a certain smell and a certain feel to it. And this is one of those things where you're not sure if you're inside or outside, and that's okay. Um, and that's to be rewarded and regarded as a good thing. And I feel like education can be so very different if you're in that kind of a, that, what I would call as a liminal space, a space that is neither in nor out. Um, and it just creates the opportunity for, um, for you to think more expansively. Today, the Candida building feels like a meeting ground. When you go into the building, there are students hanging out in groups by themselves. It's become a study hall, a collaborative space. The Muslim Association has held their Friday prayers there. Environmental groups often host their events in the atrium. There's even an art exhibit right now about women in science. The space inside is constantly changing, evolving, it really feels alive. I get asked the question often, what is my favorite feature of the building? I don't have one. I really don't. And I think that is the result of an integrated design 
construction operation approach because every single feature is tied to something else. So if I start talking about my favorite feature, next thing you know, I'm talking about the whole building. So my favorite feature of the building is the whole building. The window that I'm looking at right now is a triple pane window that is designed to allow natural light into the space, but at the same time, make sure that there isn't excessive heat gain, but it's also buffering the sound of the extremely loud building that I'm looking at right now. That's just one example. What I say is every single thing in this building is doing more than one, two, three, four, five things. It's all multi-use. Every single thing in this building is doing many things to move this building towards the Living Building Challenge certification. Let's go to the restroom. No trip to the Candida building is complete without everybody going into the restroom together. And there's a sign on the wall that says no need to flush. This automatic foam flush toilet reduces the amount of water consumed in the building. And when you open it up, you see there's a bunch of foam in there because somebody was using this toilet before we came in. And that's exactly what it is, a foam flush toilet. Because we're not using 1.3 or 1.6 gallons of drinking water to flush our poo and pee. We're using a teaspoon, tablespoon max, to create this really viscous, soapy, biodegradable foam. And there's a hole. There's just a hole. When you are so focused on and concerned about ecological issues, equity issues, the built environment in general, the day-to-day -day news and the day-to-day -day of what you see can really bring you down. And when I walk into this building, I look at tangible examples of what we can do to address the issues. So this building gives me hope. Five days a week, I'm in this building and it gives me hope. The Candida building proves regenerative design is possible. And we hope it will open up the future of design our goal wasn't just to prove that a living building in the South was possible. It was to encourage designers to dream even bigger on the projects they're pursuing today. I am extremely thankful that Diana Blank saw the Bullet Center in Seattle and said, we got to do this in the Southeast. It's a risk. It takes a investment from a visionary who can see that we got to have an example of it on the ground in order for it to take off in this region. Without an example of a fully certified living building in the Southeast, I don't know how long it would have taken to have the conversations that we're having for the projects that are moving forward to move forward. I am so thankful for that commitment.
Thank you for listening. This project was produced by Maddie Foley, Adesawa Agbanile, and Alessandra Tejeda, with production help from Chelsea Daniel for Wonder Media Network. Editing by Emily Rudder and Liz Smith. Original music by Chelsea Daniel. Our executive producers were David Brotherton and Dina Kimball.